What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today, we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Ryan Danley. And he joins us. Uh, he is co-founder and co-owner of Ohio Drip. Uh, he also works uh, for Honda full-time. And following a life-changing snowmobiling accident, uh, which left him paralyzed from the waist down, Ryan and his wife, Kelsey, uh, went on a journey of healing, entrepreneurship, and launched their ice-dying clothing company called Ohio Drip. So if you couldn't tell, they are from Ohio. And we get into a lot of uh, mindset, mental shift, what that accident uh, did for Ryan and things that he's come to realize as a result. And he does have a podcast, Danley and Friends, which he's going to pick up back soon. He did take a little break, but check out his other episodes. Uh, he's got great episodes. He's great at asking uh, good questions, good flow. So he's got a lot going on. Check him out. So we kind of start the show. We get right into it. Um, you know, we talk quickly about his new exercise routine and regimen uh, with being in a wheelchair, but then he does go into the actual accident uh, itself, you know, what he can remember from it, you know, being airlifted. So it was a very tra traumatic and significant experience in his life. But he takes us through the mindset shift because we were curious on how he views that now. How, how did he go from the place of you know, never walking again when he was in the best shape of his life leading up to it, always worked out, was always training, and, and that progression of retraining his body and his mind and, and how he was able to overcome that experience and, and the positive benefits he has from it now. And so he talks about those positive outcomes from it, and he was heavily, heavily influenced by Viktor Frankl uh, and explores this newfound selflessness and interest in helping others. And he is a man on that exact mission of being selfless and providing as much value as possible to the people around him and the people that listen to and follow his his journey. So Tim, I know this was the first time you got to speak to Ryan. Uh, what were your thoughts on the show and, and Ryan? Yeah, this was such an impactful episode. I, I loved every minute of this. And um, the biggest thing, I mean, that he said that really stuck out to me is, this accident that he had, it made him more interested in other people, and it mm -hmm. made more, him more interested in learning things about himself, learning things uh, about life. Um, and I, I really love the fact that he brought in like the Viktor Frankl aspect and brought in elements of that. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this discussion, and um, especially the entrepreneurial aspect. He talks about Ohio Drip, um, what motivated him to start that, what's led from that, um, and that leads into a really good discussion about how we can because he has he's a dreamer so mm. how how can we balance like dreamer mentality but also managing our time effectively so that led into a good conversation about how you can like practical tips on how to get the most out of your day um and then that also leads into a discussion about creating content and creating an authentic identity which is what he did with ohio drip and and the meaning behind it um and we get into discussions about positive ways we change the world because that's what he's been trying to do um the, his whole life and he's he's had a different perspective uh, since the accident about how he goes about um providing value to other people and so i thought that was a good discussion as well and um apart from him running ohio drip he gives us insights into his professional life uh working in hr and working in compliance but how he's going to utilize that to have meaningful conversations through his podcast and provide value to the world mm -hmm. um so i think you'll gain a new perspective from listening to this, not only 100%. about um, your life, but the way you approach it. 
Um, but also the, the the things you dedicate your energy to and the things that matter in life and the things that don't. So I think listening to this, listening to the stories, listening to the practical tips, I think you're going to get a lot of, of, of good value from this episode. Yeah, dude. So uh, appreciate your time today. Glad we finally got to chop it up. I know it's been a while since we got on some mics. Um, but the way it works, uh, as I said, in my email to, you know, after we're done, Tim and I record an intro, like two, three minutes, just introducing who you are, what we talk about. Um, and then we'll send you everything from written show notes. Uh, we do a lot of video clips too, that you can use however you want. We're going to post them. Um, if there's anything throughout it, uh, when you go back and listen to it that you don't want in there, let us know, but we try to keep it pretty raw. Uh, anything goes. So yep. yeah, all cool. detours are, are welcome. Cool. I'm the same way. Uh, no topics are off limits. I don't care. Uh, cool. Ask me anything, man. So cool. Yeah. Uh, looks like you look good. You look like you lost a little weight. Thanks. Yeah. I'm getting skinny, man. Uh, it's weird. Like I can't lift as much as I used to. So, uh, yeah. that's changed. Uh, it was a mental thing actually having to change shirt sizes because mm. I was, uh, up to a large and I was getting to the point where like my waist was small, but I had to get my shirts tailored in order for them to look good or else it was like super baggy in yeah. order for it to like fit my arms. But yeah. uh, now I'm wearing like a medium and sometimes a small and like the small, like really mess with my head, dude. Oh, I don't know man. why. <laughs> I, I would be the same, like going down a shirt size. That would, that would fuck me up a little bit. It was gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> you still like working out and stuff though, doing a bunch of upper body things. You got equipment at the house or you go to the gym or what are you doing? So I've got uh, stuff at the house, but uh, it's in my basement and I don't have a good way to get down there. So um, uh -huh. I'll hit uh, some free weights sometimes, but mostly it's just pushing around the neighborhood because uh, the thing that's been frustrating is uh, you always have an imbalance with lifting anyway, because you have like a dominant hand. Mm -hmm. um, well, my left was like significantly impacted by my accident. And so now I feel like really imbalanced. And so it makes lifting not enjoyable. And I also don't have like core strength. And got so it's like it, it. the only lifts I can really do are like shoulder integrity stuff. And if I like, there's no point in me to bulk up because all that does is add weight and puts pressure on my butt, which is like a problem. I don't want pressure oh, sores. So, okay. I wouldn't have thought yeah. about that. So cardio has really been my thing, man. Cause I don't yeah. have blood flow going. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my blood pumping as much as I can since my legs aren't moving. Fair so enough. I just push around the neighborhood. So when, when I'll see like super jacked dudes in a wheelchair, that's really not good long-term for like lower uh, half? I don't think so. So there are different schools of thought. So you could argue that metabolically it's better because, you know, more muscle mass, more like mitochondria functioning highly uh, just creates an overall healthy body. Um, mm -hmm. But to me, um, I want to decrease the amount of weight that I have sitting because like skin integrity is a problem because you don't have blood flow. And so okay. people really easily get pressure sores from like, even just like if they're sleeping and their heel rests in one spot for too long, mm -hmm. they'll get a pressure sore. Or um, I got the start of one. It's the only one I've ever had. Um, I was reading a book and I was just leaning forward, just like holding the book out back. Yeah. I did that too long and the back of my leg where it was pressing on my wheelchair seat started to get a pressure sore. And I was like, wow. Yeah, man. It only took wow. like 10 minutes. Damn. Well, That's I was so going to, yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask your mindset with all the accident stuff. You know, we don't need to get like, super, super deep into it. But maybe if you want to brush on it for listeners, because, you know, they're like, what are you guys talking about? Oh, now he's in the wheelchair. So we'll give him a little more than, uh, you know, just 
our topics, but I do want to get into mindset around it. But yeah, if you want to just kind of briefly do a drive by of, of, you know, kind of what happened and yeah, I'd love to get into some mindset things with that. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so uh, January 26th of 2019, I was in Bancroft, Canada with some friends. Uh, me and Kelsey were staying with 16 people. Kelsey's my wife. Uh, we were staying with 16 people in a cottage and uh, my buddy had snowmobiles. He's got like 40 acres, trails and stuff like that. And um, there's a lake out back of the property that is adjacent to like, you know, other properties nearby. Um, thought we were being safe. Um, I got up early. It was the second day that I went out and I was like, okay, before we start drinking and stuff, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get some snowmobile time in because I don't get to do this. Right. And uh, we're going around the lake because there are no obstacles, right? No trees you can run into, no anything like that. So um, the snow was like up to your waist and uh, it was crazy. It was a great time. And uh, at this time, I was literally in the best shape of my life. And uh, I honestly think that's what kept me alive is like my body was able to kind of take the hit or whatever happened. Um, but going around uh, the lake and uh, the neighbors had a dock that was unmarked. They had just built it and it was covered in snow. And so I was unable to see it until I was you know, way too close and um, just couldn't stop in time. And uh, woke up on my back. Uh, you know, people were around me. I didn't feel anything at the time, like no pain whatsoever. Wow. And uh, they're like, "You okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like, you know, just kind of laying there, like I'm good. And at the time, both my hands were good, so I was just kind of like, "Ah, I feel weird, but mm -hmm. um, you know, good to go." And they were like, "Well, dude, let's hop back up, get the day started, get some beer pong going, and you know, let's get going." And I went to stand up, and nothing happened. And like, there's the most surreal real feeling. I, I would never forget what that was like for the first time because you stand up and you've been doing it since you've been, I don't know, a baby, like, you know, two years old, whenever you could first stand, uh, it's just automatic. And so I went to stand up and I was like, whoa, I was like, guys, like, it's not working. Like, it won't. And then I went to do it again. And I was just like, what did I do? And that's all that I could say to myself. It's like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And like this uh, girl, Nicole was just petting my face and she was like, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And um, it was kind of a blur. And the next thing I know there was uh, paramedics came out there and it was interesting because we were like deep into the woods and they had to snowmobile the paramedics out there. They put me on a stretcher. They carried me about a uh, quarter of a mile through the woods or so. And uh, you know, at this time my clothes were cut off and stuff. They inject me with fentanyl, which is crazy. And mm -hmm. uh put me in an ambulance, put me in a helicopter after that. Um, and I went and had surgery. So spinal decompression and fusion. Uh, it's a five hour surgery and uh, I'm fused from C4 to T3 uh, with a C7 spinal cord injury. And uh, that was the last day I walked. Damn. Well, damn. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I know that's not probably doesn't ever be an easy one to, to bring up, but um, I know when I was on your show, you, that was the first time I had heard it too. Uh, but it seems like since then your, your mindset has gotten so much more positive and, and, and tougher. And I would, you know, as much as you care to share, take us through that evolution of, of the mindset changes, because for me, like you were an athlete too, best shape of your life. Like I couldn't imagine not, not doing all the things I do currently, you know? So like that would, that would ruin me. So I'm very interested how you, how you battled uh, through some of that. And now you're on, you know, on the side of the light with 
you know, you got a lot of things going for you. You're doing awesome. Like you're still moving. You're very active. So take us through that a little bit. I appreciate that, man. Uh, it's still an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it started in the hospital. I was very optimistic. I didn't know what a spinal cord injury was. Um, they told me I broke my neck. Um, and that's the crazy thing. I broke my neck and I broke one rib. And other than that, I was uninjured. Not even like mm-hmm. really a scratch on my face. Like just like a little bit, like a little scratch on my cheek. Other than that, like unfaced. And, uh, you know, they're explaining stuff and they're like, hey, yeah, you're going to have to get a cushion, you know, for the rest of your life. You're going to have to start physical therapy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I just broke my neck. I, you know, I broke my wrist before and, you know, put me a cast, healed a couple of weeks. I was good to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, oh, no, like, you know, this is going to be life altering. And I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, at the time, I went from, I was about 165, maybe, no, I was 175 at that time. I'd gotten up higher because I, I naturally carry like 155, but I'd gotten up pretty big. I was like 175 and I could bench uh, 285 at the time. And uh, I was just, I don't know. I, I loved working out. I was thinking about doing a physique competition. And uh, I went from that to not being able to pull a tissue out of a tissue box with my right hand, my dominant hand. And uh, I was too weak for that. I was too weak to brush my teeth. My wife had to brush my teeth. Um, I couldn't use my left hand at all. It didn't even move. I couldn't tell where my feet were in space. Uh, I couldn't use the bathroom on my own. Um, When I was in the hospital, uh, every couple hours, they come and they do this test on you for sensation, where they poke you with pins and they touch you with a Q-tip, see if you can feel pain or light sensation. So tell where your injury is and if things are progressing. Um, And they would do that every two hours. So they'd wake me up out of sleep, which like I wasn't really getting anyway. And they would poke me with pins, turn the lights on, you know, brush me. And where I did feel it, it hurt. And where I didn't feel it, I was like, oh, shit, I don't feel it. And so that was a mind fuck. Um, I was in the hospital there for two weeks, which is crazy. And they're telling me all this stuff about, um, you know, how my life's going to change. And still didn't really, like, comprehend it. And then I uh, take a 20-hour, I think it's 20-hour ambulance ride. Uh back to Columbus, Ohio, where I got to rehab for, I was in there for two months total, but uh, I thought I was going to walk out of that place. I was like, oh yeah, rehab, you go there and uh, they'll get me back right. You know, like I'll heal up, I'll be good to go. And uh, time kept passing and that kept not being the case. And uh, these things, these different physical symptoms kept manifesting. And so there's something called autonomous, autonomic dysreflexia. And basically what that means is if you have pain or something that's irritating you below the level of your spinal cord injury, uh, then your body reacts by just spiking your blood pressure. And um, it's just not really good for the body. Like your head hurts, like, um, and if you, if it persists, like people die from it. So the key is to like, stop whatever's doing that, lower the blood pressure and like get it in check. And uh, you know, that started to manifest Uh, temperature regulation. So I was always cold, like freezing cold. No matter what the temperature was in the room, I was always cold. I could never get warm. So they tried to put blankets on me and stuff. And um, so that's a mind fuck. And, uh, you know, to use the bathroom, I'm having to get intermittent catheterization, which means uh, every couple hours they're sticking a tube in my penis. And uh, these are different people I've never met in my life. You know, just coming in. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, hey, how you doing? Come Take here. Take me to dinner yeah. first or something. You know, you know? what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so like you know there, there's that mental aspect of it and like and then the shit i had to use a suppository actually at the time um and that was an experience that would take about an hour and a half and they would sit me on uh, like a, basically a plastic uh, bedpan and i would have mm. to sit there for like an hour and a half and if that didn't work, they'd have to use digital stimulation, which like sounds like a dope band name or something or like, <laughs> you know, but it is not. A digit means fingers, you know, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it's not yeah. something I really got down on. You know right, what I mean? Right, it wasn't, yeah, yeah. It wasn't my kink, I don't kink shame, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't for your boy. Um, yeah. At least you know but, what you like. You know what I mean? <laughs> but man, uh, so there's all that playing and mm. you know, I'm doing physical therapy and you know, my left hand's not working. Um, after a couple of weeks, I could kind of brush my teeth. Um, but, you know, really still weak, really still like not able to move. Um, I could barely curl three pounds, which was a mind blowing experience. When the lady was telling me about the workouts we were going to do and she's like demonstrating, um, you know, how to do curls and stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm good to go thinking in my mind. And uh, then she hands me this three pound weight, which I thought she was just demonstrating with. Nah, she like, She's like, yeah, we're using that. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, I look yep. at my arm. I look at her. I'm kind of like, you no, know, I, I got three yeah. pounds. Yeah. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. Like your uh, nerves aren't going to fire the same way. She's like, mm -hmm. she's like, trust me. And I go to lift it up and it felt like 50 pounds. And I was like, whoa, this is deeper than I thought. And so that's starting to set in. The weeks go by. The weeks go by. I'm slowly getting better, but I'm not walking. I'm not using the bathroom the right way. I still can't feel where my feet are in space and stuff. And eventually that time comes to an end. And there's a day where uh, you stay in what's called the independent living apartment. Uh, it's a one day experience where you and, uh, you know, your family members, so it's just me and my wife, you stay in like a mock apartment to try to understand what life's going to be like at home. Like, here's how you use your bathroom. You're going to have to use different chairs. You're going to have to figure out how to navigate transferring and stuff like that and showering on your own. Um, because before they were hoisting me out of bed <laughs> into the air because they had this you know ceiling system. I don't have that at my house. Sure. So we got to figure it out. And uh, yeah, man, I get one day of that before I practice. And then I go home and I thought home was going to be like normal, you know? And I hadn't been to my house. I, I left in January. I got home. We celebrated my wife's birthday. Her birthday is March 20th. We celebrated her birthday with me in the hospital. So I left, you know, thinking I was going to be gone for a couple of weeks and got back a season later and it was different and uh it was it was not home you know i couldn't reach the cabinets um couldn't go downstairs my gym equipment was downstairs i have a uh, squat rack with you know full bench um i'd actually i'd given up my gym membership because i had everything i needed down in the basement and uh i couldn't get down there and if i could it didn't matter anyway because i couldn't use this stuff and that was my church. I was not a religious man. Mm -hmm. um, that was where I went to uh, find peace, to uh, relax, to let off steam. And uh, that was taken away from me. And I get home and I'm looking at people around me. I see people who are obviously not taking care of their bodies and I'm judgmental. I'm like, you don't know what gift you have and you eat this garbage. And you sit on your ass all day and you watch television. Um, you're scared to work out. You think it hurts. Like you wish you could feel pain or you're lucky you could feel pain. You know, I wish I could feel pain. Um, so I got judgmental 
I was never that. Um, I was a happy-go-lucky guy, man. I was always like having a good time, meeting people, bouncing around. I think for yeah. the most part, people would say that. Uh, I got depressed, man. Like I was taking golf lessons, and that was taken away from me. Uh, I was DJing, and I couldn't use my hands anymore. Uh, I it was the it was sadness, man. I remember a buddy of mine gave me his HBO login. He's like, yo, watch Game of Thrones, man. You know, it's a good series. You can get lost in it. But he was on season eight. He forgot season one starts with old dude getting pushed out of the tower and getting paralyzed. Oh, fuck. And ha- having to sit in a wheelchair. Man. And I was like, oh, shit. And like the family guy was my favorite cartoon before. I watch that now. I'm looking at Joe Swanson. They're making fun of him and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm yeah, Joe yeah. Swanson. You know what I mean? So like. Uh. Bro, everything was just hitting the wrong way. And mm-hmm. uh, that coupled with this autonomic dysreflexia started really bothering me at one point. Um, every time I had to use the bathroom, which is like I had the catheter pretty often because my bladder capacity got really small. Uh, like every two hours, I would wake up while I was sleeping and I'd have this pounding headache. It was like every time my heartbeat, it felt like my head was going to explode. And I, I couldn't like see, I couldn't think. I, I just... I just broke down crying, dude. I just like, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, it it persisted like that for like two weeks. I went to the doctor. We tried different medicines and I'm not a medicine guy. Like I don't enjoy pharmaceuticals. Um, I try to heal myself, eat right and, you know, take supplements where I need them. Um, So I I was like, dude, give me anything, please. And we tried everything and it didn't work. And uh, I was like, well, if this is what life's going to be like, and my future's gone. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to run with my kids. I don't know if I'll be able to like, you know, go on vacation with my friends. Like, what's the point if I can't, you know, why go see the world if you can't fucking walk around? I can only go to the parking lot. Um, It was over, man. I, I made the decision. I was like, and, and that was the crazy part. I couldn't really fucking kill myself the way I, I really wanted to. I couldn't go jump off a bridge. I couldn't get to a bridge. I couldn't drive anywhere. I couldn't shoot myself. I couldn't squeeze a gun at the time. Like I couldn't, I had no hand strength to do so. I couldn't, I probably didn't have the strength to stab myself. Like it was mind blowing. And so I was, I don't know. I had come up with a method and I was going to do that. And at one point I was like, man, if this is as bad as it's going to be. And I love fucking living. Like I love, I love life so much. Like if this is the worst it gets, like it has to get better, right? Like I started, I was like, if this is rock bottom, the only option from there is up. And that was just kind of something that sat in the back of my mind, even though it still was like painful and I was still kind of like, ah, it's over. Hmm. And then uh I kind of remember there's a friend of mine said something to me at one point. He's like, Bro, every problem that exists is not unique. He's like, someone's had it and they probably wrote it down in a book. And I was like, all right. Someone's had this problem before. Let me go see. The worst that can happen is I confirm that it's the worst shit ever and I continue with the plan, you know? Um, so I started reading. I started reading everything. Um, all kind of philosophy, different religions and stuff. And um, Man's Search for Meaning was one of the most impactful books. It's about uh, it's by Viktor Frankl and uh, he experiences the Holocaust, loses many family members, uh, sees people dying every day and stuff. And basically he just talks about, you know, the extraordinary luck that can sometimes befall the individual. 
and uh, how you have to live to see that day. And it was only the hopeful who remained. And, you know, when you have nothing else and you have no other way out, you're challenged to change yourself. And so those ideas really like resonated with me. And I was like, look, there are people who live with this. I didn't always have these headaches. I can maybe deal with this. I've been dealing with it for a couple of weeks. Like what can fuck with me now? And that sat with me. I read David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. Like the shit that he went through, like, you know, running races with broken legs, shitting himself and stuff and mentally pushing himself through that. And I'm like, if that's the capacity of the mind, who's to say that mind can't do that? Like, why can't I force myself to be that strong? Because the other option is I opt out. Like, the, like once, once you kind of like make that decision, it's kind of freeing in a way, I guess. So hmm. like... After that point, I started to just look at life differently. Um, I did come to spirituality. Like, I'm still not religious, but I do believe that there's one creator and uh, everything's perfect. And it'll take me a lot to, you know, get you there ultimately. But um, it, it might not make sense to all. But there's a day I was sitting out back. I would just sit on my deck. And uh, we had a small garden. And I noticed on one of the flowers, there was a, a spider web that popped up. And it was, you know, catching different bugs that were flying around the flowers and stuff. And then I noticed like little birds would dart and try to catch the bugs that were flying around the flowers and stuff too. And I was like, man, this is a perfect little ecosystem. And everyone has its role. They fill it perfectly. Yet on some scale, it's chaotic for each one of them. And, you know, you remember that uh, quote about the spider, you know, and or no, the fly. I think, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, what's normal to the spider is chaotic for the fly. And uh, I was like, man, what if this is just like that on a different scale? Like, what if, to me, it feels like chaos, but on a grand scale, it's perfect. And uh, it's a couple of those different ideas, man. And so, like, when I say, like, I read, it, it seems simple to people. They're like, oh, like reading books. But I'm like, no, what I did was assimilate millions of ideas and noodle them over and over and over and over again until I came to a philosophy that I felt so strongly about that I was then uh, I felt compelled to live I felt compelled to pursue my mission at that point and so when you feel like that uh, it never leaves and that's just kind of like where I am and I still fight like there's still days I wake up and I'm like what the fuck is this like I got a shower and a chair and, uh, you know, it's like, everything's like project management. So I, I drop something on the floor and I'm like, ah, you know, can I pick it up with my left hand? Which angle do I have to go at? Oh, I got to lock my brakes because I don't want to fall over. And like, what if I spasm? Like, so it's like, before I was bend down and pick it up and going about my day and not think about it, it would take 0.5 seconds. And now it's like, ah, it's a miniature problem that I have to deal with. And so everything becomes amplified in that way. And so because your activities of daily living get more complex, the whole day is, and it's more taxing and uh, it gets to me sometimes, but I just have to take breaks and be more aware of like my body and my nutrition. Like I don't eat as much food overall. And I think because I'm not digesting as much, um, it frees up calories to think and it frees up like, I don't know. I don't know. 
And that's just my philosophy. We can talk about that any way you mm-hmm. want, but yeah. that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. No, I and I love what you said about uh, Victor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, I study Stoicism quite a bit, and they talk about that book and a lot of what Victor Frankl says. And they, I watched a video, and I can't remember what quote they said, but all the worst things that could happen to us, like we want to say, oh, it happened to me. Oh, this awful thing happened to me. But really, it's like it happened for me. So I was going to ask you, like, when they said you reframed that mission, once you started to reform that for yourself, what are some of the positive things that that did for you? Um, like going forward from that, once your kind of mindset sit, mindset shifted. That's a great question, man. Uh, I became more selfless. Uh, you know, life by nature, you're the main character in your story. And so you get wrapped up in that a lot. And uh, I grew up as an only child. And so uh, I often have to battle getting caught up in my own narrative. And so I think what this allowed me to do is step back and say, okay, I'm limited. Now I can empower other people through the things that I do. And, you know, I could have always done that, but, you know, I think I just focused on it differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I became much more interested in other people and what they have going on. Um, and I sought to empower their missions and maybe show them that perhaps they're not as limited as they think. Um you know, me and my wife started a business and um, we did it just for fun. It didn't, we didn't set out to start a business. It was not the goal, but uh, we've been able to donate some money to a school nearby that uh, they have a lot of kids who I think 65% of their population um, is considered like medically fragile. And so they're in wheelchairs and uh, you know, have different issues. Um, and they don't have a lot of money, man. Uh, it's expensive, this life. Um, insurance doesn't cover much, which is very eye-opening. Um, and a lot of people don't necessarily have the capacity emotionally, financially, or what have you to navigate that. And, um, I'm not a rich man. I I grew up with a single mom. Um, she was a secretary for a while. Uh, she's now a college professor and has done well for herself. Um, but I didn't come from much and I don't have like mountains of cash I'm sitting on, but what I do have, uh, I'm willing to share as much of it as I can um, comfortably with people, you know, because um, I don't know. I, I think if you can eliminate some of those barriers, uh, you know, me doing it on my own, not me, uh, not someone forcing me to do it or forcing their will upon me, like me choosing uh, to empower those that I believe in, I think is important. I think everyone should do that. Um so I think just reframing myself from being a little more selfish to selfless has kind of been the main takeaway. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, that's cool. You're able to donate to that school. Like that's, you know, you hear everyone, like a lot of people want to pay it forward, give back. Few really do the thing. Uh, and when you said, hey, you're the main character of your own story, we don't think about it that way. It's just, it is automatically me, 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 me. Um, so I think that is super powerful, especially when people hear that, you know, insurance, you would think insurance covers a lot. That's supposed to be their job. Um, right. But when, when you're footing the bill for how you need to live and then you still give back to others, it's like everyone I hope can hear, oh man, I'm strapped. Maybe I'm not that strapped where I can, I can give a little bit. If you are religious, I can tithe a little more. Um, 
and, and you know, the Bible says when, when you do tithe, when you give to the Lord, when, when you feel tight, like you will get abundance. Um, yeah. so, you know, I know you said you're more spiritual, but I think, you know, when you do give, you get abundance back, like it's help other people achieve their goals and vicariously you get yours done too. I think so too, man. Um, it's the giving and re-giving principle. It's, I mean, if you're Eastern, maybe it's karma. Um, I think it's prevalent, um, no matter how you look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's quite a, quite an undertaking. You're, you're, you know, just not just physical changes, but mindset too, like between the years, like so much is, is a result of what goes on in our thoughts. Um, and Tim and I are always talking mindset, but this really drives home a different level of it where it's like the, the demons you had to battle, like not everyone, you know, Oh, I had a shitty day, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, you still had a pretty, all right day, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that, man. Like I said, I know, you know, I don't know how hard that is, but I imagine it's, it's never easy to go back through it, you know, and kind of relive that. So I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, for sure. And, I, I do uh, have one thought on that, man. So yeah, yeah. Uh, in my judgmental phase and you know, I still am human. I still do judge people. Like, you know, there are people that complain about things. I'm like, holy shit, you have no idea what I have to deal with. Yeah. And I have to like reframe that. But like uh, another thought from Victor Frankl is uh, to paraphrase, he said, you know, man's suffering is like a gas. No matter how thick the gas, it fills the chamber completely and fully. And therefore, a man's suffering fills him completely and fully. Hmm. And so, you know, when you're in seventh grade and your girlfriend breaks up with you, you're like, oh, my God, we've been dating for two weeks. That's forever. Like, you know what I mean? It's the end. Of, it's the end of everything. And, you know, when you're you know, a kid, you lose your toy. You're like, oh, my God. Like, you know, you're crying and, tam you know, tantruming. But, uh, you know, it feels the same way. So, um I always say, like, you know, a lot of people can look at me and be like, yeah, you know, this was so shitty. Like, you know, what am I to complain about? You know, what do I have to complain about? But um, realize that it's okay. Like, be kind to yourself because no matter how thick that gas is, no matter how thick that suffering, it's going to fill you completely. So, yeah. you know, don't feel bad about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, So you uh, you mentioned you and your wife started a business, Ohio Drip. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's jump into that. Unless there are any more thoughts on our no, mindset, question. you know, anything. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to jump into how how that started. You said you didn't mean to start a business, which is how some of the greatest businesses uh, evolve. But what is Ohio Drip? How did it come about? Where are we at now with it? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, is around the pandemic, um, and it was you know I just got home not too long before that from the hospital and me and Kelsey like to do things together. Like we, um, in the winter, we would be in bowling leagues. Uh, in, in the summer, we do sand volleyball. We play golf together. We just like love getting out and being active together. And uh, we're like, we gotta find something to do. I want something we can both do. And uh, she quilts and uh, you know, something her mom passed down to her. And she's like, well, you know, found something called ice dyeing. I wonder if we could dye some fabric together. You know, you could, you know, sprinkle some dye over ice and you know maybe we could dye some fabric together and I can make quilts from it. And so yeah. I'm like, cool. I look this stuff up online. We're like, let's go for it. So we buy the stuff and we start doing it. And we're like, well, you know, if you buy a bolt of fabric, like a giant roll of fabric, it's a couple hundred bucks. And we're like, well, why don't we get some t-shirts first? You know, try some old t-shirts and see how it looks. And, and then if, you know, we like it and 
it looks cool, then we'll keep going. And uh, we did some shirts and we just wear them around because they're just kind of fun just to knock around. And yeah. our friends would be like, yo, where'd you get that? Like, oh, we made it. Like, you know, would you make me one? Oh, yeah, yeah. fuck it. So, you know, make some for, for our friends and stuff. And then uh, eventually they're like, yo, you should drop an Etsy site. And we're like, oh, you know, make some shirts on Etsy. And I think we made like 30 shirts and uh, we posted them on Etsy. And that first day, I think like 25 of them sold out or something like that. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's something yeah. to this a little bit. And yeah. uh, we went to, uh, there's an event called the Polaris Night Market. It was like an in-person pop-up. Like, why don't we, you know, make some stuff and go do an in-person pop-up, see how it goes. And uh, we do this pop-up shop and made like four figures the first day. And I was like, yo, we should start dyeing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like your t-shirts, <laughs> a couple of rocks and you, <laughs> you know, four figures because, oh, you want to have a good day. Yeah, man. And I, I was like, we we got to like get the product mix going or something, do some hoodies, do some what yeah. have you. And me and Kels start messing around and, um, and, and to get to the name. So we were in the garage one day, it started, you know, at our house and, uh, we're in the garage and, uh, basically sprinkle ice over, uh, or sorry, sprinkle dye over ice and it melts through and creates like a cool watercolor effect, uh, over fabric. Um, and the fiber reactive dyes become a part of the fabric using soda ash as a catalyst. So it's sodium carbonate. It's like a whole science experiment. But in the process, you know, the color kind of drips through. I'm like, oh, look at that drip. And, you know, like, obviously people <laughs> use it, like, you know, like clothes and stuff. I'm like, yeah, ooh, yeah. like, what should we call it? What should we call it? Like, Danley drip, you know, or like, I, I was like, <laughs> no one knows who the fuck I am. Like, I, I don't know, what should we call it? And then I was like, what about Ohio drip? And we just yeah. like laughed about it. We're like, yeah, that's a good one, but definitely taken. And uh, we're like, well, let's look it up. So got on Instagram and Ohio.drip was taken. Ohio underscore drip was taken. Ohio drip one was taken. Like everything except Ohio drip. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. Like, okay. Snag. You know? Yeah. yeah. www.ohiodrip.com. Available. What? I buy it. Immediately get an offer from uh, GoDaddy. Like, hey, this is a pretty desirable uh, URL. Would you like to publish this and you know see if you want to resell it? And I was like, well, we might be on something here, you know, so obviously didn't sell it. Um, we So we get the name down and I just thought it was like super cool. And uh, man, we kept making shirts and people kept buying them. And then one day this guy, uh, Mr. Eatwell, reached out to us. He had a clothing company. Um, the comedian Heather McMahon works with him pretty regularly to like make clothing for her and stuff. Okay. He's like, yo, you want to like make some money? And like, Sure. What you got in mind? He's like, can you make 250 outfits for us? And we were like, I mean, we were doing like 20 and 30 things before. I guess we could try 250. Yeah. And so we we're like, yeah, let's do it. And it's like, what's the turnaround time? And it was like two weeks because he wanted to get some stuff for Mardi Gras. Dude, we were dying stuff fucking 24 hours. Like, I you're bet. not really sleeping. Just like, you know, getting it going. Straight we're using strapping No. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Straight up. And so once we did that project, um, that was, you know, that worked out well. And we're like, we need more space because, it, you know, it's taking up our kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, why don't we just keep reinvesting in the business? Um, we, we haven't taken anything out of it to this point. But uh, now we have a studio. Um, it's like 2,000 square feet. Uh, we have screen printing equipment. Um, we have our own ice machine. Because um, that was a, a cost. You know, every time we were going to the store, buying 20-pound bags of ice, uh, yeah, having a good, you know, 
the gas to go there. Yeah, it adds up, man. And so I was just like, what if we took all the expensive parts of it and tried to optimize those as much as we can? Um, soda ash. So it's also a chemical used in pools to help neutralize chlorine. And so if you buy it at a store, uh, pool store, 10 pounds is uh, about $30 or so. But uh, my buddy Darren went to Butler. You know Darren Amberger by any chance? I don't think so. He's what a little bit he older graduate? than me. Um, okay. Yeah, I think he was a year or two older than me. But his, his brother, no, he was a year older than me. His brother was two years older than me, I think, or something okay. like that. But um, anyway, his dad sells industrial chemicals and got a soda ash, um, 250 pounds for 50 bucks. And so Not we just bought a shit ton of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now I'm just sitting on soda ash. Like, um, and so we just kept optimizing. Start dealing man. black market sodium. <laughs> Who knows <laughs> what? A pound, two pounds. Fed's going to be listening. What? He's dealing pounds. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. Be like in the dying community, just like yeah, right. backs. <laughs> You're the guy back back alleys, <laughs> you know. But uh, dude, it's just grown, man. And it honestly got like a little too overwhelming at one point. Um, we've connected with so many cool people. Um, Jay Richardson, who played for the Raiders and played for Ohio State, um, has a podcast with Maurice Claret and um, some entrepreneurs from Columbus, the Hartwigs. And uh, they reached out to us to make some hoodies for them. Oh, damn. And like, once that happened, boom, like you know, some people started following us. And um, Jacob Collier, the music artist, we went to his concert, yeah. got him a hoodie. He wears it like all the time. Um, like every so often I'll get on his IG and he's just posting a video, just like wearing an Ohio drip hoodie over in the UK. And I'm like, that's awesome. Two million followers and a couple Grammys. And yeah, I don't know. So, so awesome. You're a global it's, brand now, dude. You're a global brand. <laughs> So uh, with your space, did you guys build like an addition to the house for the studio or what'd you do with that? No, um, we found uh, an office slash warehouse that's uh, seven minutes away from our house. And okay. I found it by like a freak accident. So um, Columbus is booming right now. I think 40 new people a day are moving to wow. the city. It's nuts. Um, I can't drive around and, you know, it's hard to convince Kelsey. She has so much going on. I'm like, hey, you want to like drive around and you know look at office spaces and she's like ah, you know maybe someday so i'm like dude it's 2023 or i think it's 2022 we've had like a year now i'm like i'm gonna get on google earth and just do the street view and just walk around and i just looked at signs on street view of places that were for lease and started calling people and uh this guy answered and one guy was like he laughed at me he, he's like you know what size are you looking for i was like ah maybe like 2,000 square feet he's like ha, good luck finding something around here and i was like all right man and so uh i hope another you called guy. him once you landed your spot <laughs> you know i should call that guy back <laughs> i should call him back man send him a picture or something yeah <laughs> this other dude man he's like oh you know we actually just had a lease that's up today he's like he hasn't even posted yet um you want to come take a look at it and i'm like sure so we go look at it and uh we thought it was going to be the spot it was a little bit smaller than ours now but uh the rent was right and i was like all right so let's get it and uh, he's like ah well actually like, the people renewed um, and they get priority, I guess, like when it came down to it. And so he's like, you know, sorry about that. But they did have another one where these people were moving out after 10 years. And I don't know if he's running a game or whatever, what have you, we still have the spot, but, um, you know, if you got this other spot, it was a little bit bigger. And, uh, he's like, yeah, we got this one, uh, a little more expensive, but, uh, it's yours if you want it. Me and Kelsey like did the math and we're like, okay. Um, even if we make zero revenue, we could still 
like float it with what our other expenses are kind of with everything else we have going on. We're like, let's just go for it. It'll bring us some peace of mind. Uh, we were waking up staring at inventory. We had boxes stacked in our room. Um, we had stuff in our garage. We had dye all over our kitchen. I tarped down in my kitchen. My mm -hmm. uh, couch was pushed against the wall because we had island in the middle of the living room where we were like working off of and sewing machines and stuff. And so um, we were like, we were going to go crazy. Our house is 1200 square feet. Like this is not going to work. And so we were like, this is worth the mental space. And uh, we moved and it just allowed us scale because we were like, you know, we have space to store things. We don't have cats to worry about. Um, and now, man, like, we just keep working on these cool little partnerships. Like we did one with uh, Neko foster homes recently made some shirts for them to advertise. Um, Nini uh, pacifier co um, they make these awesome um, like real breast like pacifiers that mm. are better for children to latch onto. And it likes better for their palate and everything like that. And so, yeah, man. So I don't know. It's like these obscure little things that just kind of yeah. happen and keep rolling. Dude, I'm that is so it. cool. I, uh, I need to, I haven't visited your website for a while, to be honest. I need to, because every time you would post like some old school hip hop tie dye, it was either sold out or you were keeping it. Yo, and I yo. was like, damn it, dude. Like the ones I want, the most coveted, I would keep it too. Because I think there was like a, an NWA one you did and it was sick. Mm, okay. And I was like, hey, how much was that? And you're like, oh, I'm going to keep this one. It, it was that or like a Biggie or Pac or something. And I was like, damn, I would too. I <laughs> Let me know your I wouldn't size, give it to me man. either. What's your uh, size? I'm a, I'm a Both large. Of you guys. Yeah, You're large? large? Yeah. Medium for me. Okay. Okay. One day I'll hit know, that XL, Ryan. One day. One day. One day, <laughs> baby. Hit that XL. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, yeah. Like, we'll talk uh, details, like, later about, like, yeah, color yeah. and stuff like that. But we'll get you guys hooked up. Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. That's uh, – so how many shirts are you guys doing, or I guess just items in general, monthly, what's kind of – what's the scale at right now? So it really fluctuates and it's an interesting time because um, we've been trying to figure out our product mix. Mm -hmm. um, t-shirts are a very hard business because some people equate quality with like a thick t-shirt and some people equate it with a soft t-shirt. Some people like a balance. Um, they're like, oh, if it's too soft and too thin, they're like, oh, that's cheap. I don't like it. Well, you might have paid for, you know, more expensive cotton that spun better, but they just don't, it doesn't resonate with them. So yeah. um, we've had to figure that out. So um, I'd say we do... Each time we drip, we do at least like 24 items, it seems like. And we do like maybe two drips a week. Um, and I, like figuring out the flow is interesting. Like you're like, oh, you own this business. You'd have a better handle on your numbers. But dude, I'm telling you, it's so hard because we'll do like in-person events sometimes and we'll mm -hmm. sell like nine bucket hats. Then we go to the next okay. event and people won't even look at bucket hats. And I'm like, hmm. well, are, are they selling well? Like it's, it's so yeah. dependent on the day, the time and who's there. And uh, also Kelsey and I both work full-time jobs. And so right, right. I haven't been able to market this nearly <laughs> as effectively as I've wanted to. And uh, it's kind of been a blessing and a curse because while it's hindering us a little bit, it's actually kind of governing growth in a way that allows us to stay sane because mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot, man. Like a lot of yeah. the prep work, you have to pre-wash everything, pre-soak it, um, then you drip it, let it sit for a day and then uh, rinse it, then wash it. Then Kelsey puts on labels and she sews all those on herself. So, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Labor. Yeah. Is it just you and your wife operating the business right now? Wow. Yeah. That's it's awesome. just me and her, man. Um, That's so cool. 
we had an intern for a hot second. She was helping us with photography and just different things like that. Some like digital things, but um, she ended up getting a job and getting a boyfriend and, you know, she's mm -hmm. young, let her like live her life. But um, we're interested in finding someone to help us with like digital marketing, like social media. Mm -hmm, um, okay. So I think that's going to be the next phase. But yeah, so just cool. me and her and my mom comes through every so often and helps us and hangs out. But yeah, nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What what's made the partnership so successful? Obviously, you guys are together. You're, you're bonded that way. But I mean, sometimes it, it can be difficult to go into business with a loved one, family member, whatever. So how have you guys kind of divvied up the responsibilities, like honed your different strengths and worked well together so far? That's a great question, man. Um, it looks easier from a distance than it actually is. Like there are <laughs> definitely, you know, some bickerings that occur and stuff, um, some differences of opinion. But for the most part, um, we balance each other really well. And uh, it, it helps that my wife's a superhero. Like she's just, <laughs> she's so nice. She's so caring, compassionate, and just like, just willing to go the extra mile and things. And so that makes a big difference. Um, Cause she's always like kind of wanting to make sure that I'm heard and we're just trying to like hear each other. And I think that that's important. Yeah. Um, she's very pragmatic and like detail oriented. And I am 30,000 feet. Um, I could think I'm an anchored dreamer, but sometimes I can get a little unrealistic just cause I have like high aspirations, but um she does a great job of like bringing me back to life. And uh, I don't know, we balance each other in that way. And so mm -hmm. it helps us float that middle path and um, just like make realistic commitments and stuff. And um, I think that helps. Yeah. And I love uh, that. being honest about how we're feeling a certain day, I think helps too. So like, if we're just having a bad work day or something like that, and it's just like, man, I got a lot of stress from work. Like let's maybe not talk anything big with Ohio drip today, like from a operational standpoint um, and maybe do like more of a creative day to like balance that out. And so cool. mm -hmm. uh, smart, I think that helps. And then uh, I'm more of an extrovert. Like I do a lot of the peopling, if you will, like phone calls and um, mm -hmm. ordering and, um, you know, relationships with like some of the different places we have. Um, she is more kind of behind the scenes, like setting things up and um, obviously sewing um, and things like that. And so uh, creative, we you know are getting more into that because again, we were just dying fabric, man. We didn't set up mm -hmm. to you know, have yeah. a fashion yeah. business. So that's something we're both learning. But I think, I think that's the other thing, man. Uh, she's committed to learning. So mm -hmm. She's taking screen printing classes, photography classes. Uh, she just finished garment school to learn how to construct clothing. So uh, she's committed to learning. I think that's been the most important thing, actually. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's cool. And I think that's really nice that you are like big picture, big visionary, and she'll kind of bring it down a little bit. But where when she brings you, you know, quote back to back to earth where it's still higher than maybe she would have originally been because you're way up here and it's like, all right, now it's here. You guys hit, hit this new level. Then you dream a little higher and she brings it down a little bit, but it's still higher than what you just hit. So I think like it's a great balance that keeps you uh, progressing and hitting those high points where like we're big dreamers too. So it's like have the loftiest shit you can think of and let's go. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, it sounds like a this, great balance. Man. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. So like being big dreamers, um, do you feel sometimes as if 
you're never satisfied because you always have this vision of like where you want to go and so mm-hmm. many like ideas yet they're only 24 hours a day and you can't execute like how do you guys deal with that i'm curious like do you feel like that at all and that's a so, great question that's a that's a phenomenal question you want to take it for i know what i was gonna say do you want to take it yeah, first or uh we can both answer it lead, it lead it off for us and then yeah, yeah I, i'll get some thoughts together that's a great one. that is such a great question because i i always with me i write out my days i, I write out everything i want to accomplish and about one percent of the time i complete all the items on the list so <laughs> and so coming yeah. i think the biggest thing was like coming to terms mentally that i'm not gonna finish this list but i will say like when we like when we have like a thing that we want to achieve like we want to overcome that mountain uh stoic philosophy they were saying how i think seneca said it and it's obvious but like life is just a series of days so how i look at it is like if i can just do what i can to win today that that's all that matters to me is is today and like how how am i spending my days my because it's easy to just want everything in the world right now but I think it's the mental shift of like, hey, it's okay if I don't complete everything today, but did I average myself higher on the mountain on what I did today? It's kind of how I look at it. It's like, can I just win today? And I think the short term, looking at it from that, is is a shift that balances out my long term dreamer mentality. So it's kind of how I look at it. It's a good one, one man. 1% every day. Yeah. 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 Taking those bite sized pieces. Tommy yeah. Cabot's fans. Yeah. The 1%. Yeah. So that's Tim always says, Hey, 1% every day. Just, and you know, it helps to hear it. Cause it's like, we think, Oh, I got to get 20% done today. It's like 1%. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and, and the thing is like, you could like, you could lead this life at any moment. You got to let that determine what you do and what you say and what you think. Like you could, you could put in all the work and I mean, could die in a car accident tomorrow, but like, did, can you ask yourself, did I give it my all like yesterday? That, that's kind of how I look at it too. So, that's yeah, I don't, point, man. Man, I don't think I'm ever going to be like completely quote satisfied. And like we're all entrepreneurs, so I don't think any of us are going to be. Ah, man, I'm done. You you know, like there's going to be something more to grow, something else to to start up. Uh, but for me, like I have certain milestones. So yeah, I want to do uh, do good every day. But I have different milestones that once I achieve. X, I will feel better about the path I'm on. So for example, one of my big, big goals with my coaching business is to have extreme athletes where I travel to their event, you know, say I would love big water sports guy. If I had a professional wakeboarder and I was taking care of their nutrition side, but got to travel to wherever they are, maybe it's Florida, maybe it's around the world. And I'm just behind the scenes, you know, doing the food for three, four days. Like, that to me, when I am able to go do that, someone's doing, you know, they're racing cars, they're in the X games. I love X games. So being the coach for one of those people and traveling to an event is a milestone that once I hit that, I will feel a lot better about the path. Like that will be a satisfying trip for me. I'll be like, oh man, I'm doing it right now. So that that's how I kind of view things. Like when, you know, I'm, don't take this for like me trying to be a professional, but I've been doing jujitsu the last year. And when I would get a promotion, a stripe on the belt, I, I love it in the moment. I'm like, Oh, I've learned things. I've gotten better. Like th- this acknowledges like I'm being consistent. I'm, I'm working hard at it. I love doing it, but it's all right. Time to spar now. And it's just, it's gone. 
So I have a, an issue with um, like delayed gratification, I guess, if you will, where like I've competed CrossFit and, you know, placed with, with a team and that's cool, but it's nah, all right, it's over. And so it's milestones that I have created where that is what will satisfy me. Like when I hire someone for the business, I can provide another livelihood. That's a big milestone. All right, I'll feel good about that. And then it's, how can I do it again? So that's kind of how I see my satisfaction where I'm never going to stop working. I don't think till the day I die, there's going to be something else to grow. I got too many ideas where it's, let me tackle one, have that income flowing, tackle another, create another good stream. So once everything gets on like its own automatic wheel, then I can start something else I want to do. Cause yeah, I want to, I want to do everything under the sun, man. Like I need four yeah. different lives to live. Uh, but I, I have milestones of once it's there, then I can do uh, this thing with another project. Once that is in this particular spot with money or whatever it may be, I can, I can keep moving on and still have enough touches in each thing, but hire people to take care. So it's scale, delegate, scale, de delegate. And so, yeah, I have, I have milestones that once I hit, I feel satisfied, but I don't think I'll ever be like done, you know? Yeah. Healthy or unhealthy as that is. That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't been able to like, like settle how I feel about it, whether I think it's like good or not. Um, Cause you know, you have those fluctuations with like how you, how you feel about how you're doing and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I find it interesting. Like you talking about milestones. I think I need to get better at that. Cause um, I'll either zoom really, really far out or I'll get so caught up like in my day that I don't think about like, the middle like you know like, like the trend i guess sometimes sure mm -hmm. and so um yeah i think remember that's important milestones yeah uh, yeah so if like you know one for you could be what's a desirable partnership for for ohio drip like what kind of industry is your next partner in ideally for you guys uh yeah where do you want to go with that okay get a partnership in that that's a good milestone but you being wrapped up in the day-to-day -day things is very good too because it's those daily things you know habits habit stacking what are you doing every day are you doing the marketing like kelsey's doing the the photography classes the the printing you know those are very small day-to-day -day things that have to get done to get your now desired partnership whatever that may be so without those you don't get to that milestone but yeah i think milestones are good like what's, what's the next big thing to hit? Like you still have your 30,000 foot lens. What's the next bigger thing past a day-to-day? -day? All right. Now what's a day-to-day -day for the next bigger thing? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And uh, you know, as you guys were talking, I think uh, one thing I need to remember is life fluctuates, but as long as the trend is there. So kind of like the stock market, like you're going to have some down days and you're going to have days where you know, maybe you're all like, you know, giving your all might look completely different. You know, I'm sure you feel yeah. that in the weight room sometimes, like yeah, you're yeah. going there and some days you feel like a beast. And then other days you're like, what happened? Yeah. You know, like, what? the bar is heavy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They switched this out. Like who changed yeah. the bar? <laughs> so life's yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So right. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. I want to get, cause you, you do a lot of things already. So I, I like that we're on this topic of, of satisfaction and, and everything we get into. Um, you Are you still doing your podcast, Danley and Friends? That's a, a sore spot for me a little bit right oh, now. All right, all no, right. no, 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 don't apologize. No, I want to I talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just I enjoy podcasting so much. And mm -hmm. um, 
Daily and Friends was an experiment. So the way it started, um, I was talking to people like during the pandemic, um, just about like, you know, there's all this social justice stuff going on and people are just being assholes online to each other and just being ridiculous. Like, I'm like, can we not be different and agree? I'm like, you know, we've I've been friends with some people for so long. We used to like play football together. We used to, you know, hang out. How is it now that because there's a keyboard and a screen between us, people mm -hmm. can't talk? Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I took it on myself to like have conversations with people that I thought were, you know, perhaps on the other side of an issue than me, just to see if, you know, one, I could do it, two, to show people it could be done. And uh I started doing that and recording the conversations and uh you know, did that on YouTube. I think I did like 10 of them before I started the podcast and you know, I just want to see if I enjoyed it. And people are like, oh, you start a podcast, you start a podcast. I'm like, all right, whatever. I had no idea what topic to start it about. So I just called it Danley and Friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Joe Rogan's podcast, man. And yeah. I don't care how you feel about him. Uh yep. dude is fucking paved we the love way. Rogan too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> you're, you're big, amongst yeah. friends, brother. Big okay, fan. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a G, man. So yeah. um yeah. good model. I just admired him and I'm like, he just does what he wants, man. He, yeah. He talks on his podcast about whatever he wants to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. And uh, I was like, I want to do that and just see how it goes. So I started using it as a test. Like, not only can I talk to people who are different than me, but what are the limitations of me? Like one time I did one where I did like voice acting and I like read this thing and it was awkward. Cool. It felt weird, but like, I just want to see if I could do it. Yeah. That's cool. um, another time, I, you know, I do some solo episodes where I'm just like going into my thoughts a little bit more. And so um, I did that as an experiment to test what I liked and have different conversations, feature people who are doing cool stuff. Um, and I got to 99 episodes. Um, I always thought I want to do 100 because if you can do something 100 times, you fucking did it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I forget what percentage of podcasts quit by like the 10th one. That's why you guys have an epic run. Like it, by the way, that, man. no, Appreciate mad that. respect. So much respect for what you guys do. And um, I can't imagine just coordinating your own schedules to make this happen, let alone, um, you know, the people that you're talking to people don't think about those logistics and like editing mm -hmm. and like so it's just it was all that man it was taking a toll on me with ohio drip and i was just like i'm not making any revenue from it right now i am from ohio drip i need to lean into the one where i can get a little more dough so i can get the freedom to do this when i want yeah. and so Smart. that was the choice i made in the short term um still gonna release my 100th episode and i've written uh, i think i'm on my fourth iteration of what it is because i keep like reflecting on <laughs> yeah, you know, the yeah. podcast and <laughs> keep waiting longer but uh i want to sunset that and then uh i want to do a couple like very focused podcasts um mm -hmm. one on mystics of history who um are maybe not as popular so we all know about jesus and you know muhammad and those people who have been you know considered mystics but um there are people like dr howard thurman and the guy he learned from that was a quaker i forget the guy's name um, there's apparently a guy in the Middle East back in the day, I think it was like the 1600s who quote unquote flew a rocket. Um, and so who are these like mystical people that have existed that have these myths and things about them, um, that we don't hear about. So I think that'd be an interesting one. I want to do like 10 episodes on that. Um, I want to highlight kind of like you guys do, um, entrepreneurs. I want the niche to be, um, millennial entrepreneurs who are like mid career, because I think often we look toward the people who are in career, who have accomplished the goals and stuff. And for some people, they're a little unrelatable. And maybe when they came up, the circumstances perhaps weren't the same. Like the conditions aren't mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, people who are early in their career, it's like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Because I think people who are in the middle who are starting to cook, who are hitting that like elbow of that, you know, 
parabolic curve, if you will. Sure. Um, they're still in the trenches. They still can relate, but they still have those gems that are you know modern and can um, you know kind of encourage people and stuff. So mm-hmm. I want to focus on that niche for one. And then, um, sorry, and then there's a, a third one. I've worked in HR for ten years. Um, no one knows I'm like a DDI trained facilitator. Like I'm certified in facilitation. Um, certified in crucial conversations. I did corporate compensation for a while. I do all these things and like, I just hang out with my friends. I never talk about it because who the fuck talks about their job, but what's the point <laughs> of like, usually that's this the question, oh, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like, how's the weather? Like, I don't know. It's just like one of those, it's, it's those, one of those introductory questions. That's just like, it's niceties. I, I get it. Like it's not yeah. threatening. You know what I mean? We could all kind of talk about that, but my other side of it's like, you know, I hate talking about it, but at the same time, I spend so much of my time doing this stuff and I've learned a lot. And I take it for granted because, you know, a lot of people don't know how to negotiate salaries or that you can or like yeah. how to even start what data to look at. And for me, it was such an everyday thing. I'm like, Oh, yeah, dude, like, fucking negotiate. Like, this is mm-hmm. how you look it up. And yeah. so I'm like, I got to take these assumptions. And again, when I'm thinking about empowering people, how can I give back to people who maybe don't know that who haven't worked in a corporate mm-hmm. setting? You know, things like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's so awesome. And I, and that goes back to what you said on the very beginning of this podcast about how like your mission is to also like play a role in helping other people achieve their successes too. And I could just tell in the short time I've known you, like you're really well spoken. And I feel like that that's a huge gift of yours as well. And yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity but with the entrepreneurship aspect of it too, the, the young professionals and young millennials, especially in like kind of the... Uh, the climate we're in now with like the gig economy and the ability to just play around with the different skills that you have and go like help s- save someone else time or money or work for them by just doing one specific skill. Uh, I think it's such an important thing to highlight with people because there's so many people out there that just don't know what they want to do next. But if they just focused on one skill that either gives them happiness or confidence when they apply it, I think it can make the world just a better place. So. Yeah. I, I wish yeah. you all the best in doing that part of it. Yeah. I think that's cool. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Think- Tim. Uh, so Tim does like career coaching. So a lot of topics that you've hit on um, some of his videos like on TikTok are hot takes. So I don't know if you ever do any TikTok with just, you know, nugget of this advice like it, you know, do that. Make one for Ohio trip, man. I I hate being the one now to be bullish on TikTok, but we're both bullish on TikTok. We had a guest on um Tim's buddy Jose, and he's like, if you guys are not on TikTok, you need to be. You know, you can get such a bigger audience. Just figure out how your content hits people and just hammer it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I avoided it forever. And now I'm like, the next big social media thing that comes out, I'm on it day one. Yeah, I, I got to be advantage of first first movers, right? Um, yeah, or just like when you you're talking about when you are thinking of bringing on a digital marketing person, I think like one thing that you could really do is create content of, of yourself, just like have the video rolling and you just speak your mind and have that person cut it up into different different types of videos, different types of short form and long form content. You can create it. I think just to save you time, having someone like repurpose it in a way that'll reach the type of audience you want will really help you out. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Man, that's a great point. And I don't know why I haven't thought about that. Um, Cause that's been kind of like the hurdle is editing takes a lot of time. And so I'm like, I want to, you know, control the message and uh, show myself, you know, be genuine in that. I think authenticity wins in a world where um, we're kind of 
seem to be moving toward the lowest denominator, you know, lowest common denominator. It seems like everything's getting kind of basic and generic and, uh, you know, modern architecture is even just like kind of plain and boring and just like shiplap and like no details. And it seems like everything's moving that way. Um, so I think having uh, an authentic identity helps you stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was worried, like, how do I show that if I'm having someone else create this content? But yeah, you're right. I fucking do the video and someone else yeah. cut it up. That's mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And people do that all day long. Yeah. So yeah. many people don't cut up their own shit. They roll the camera, mess up 80 times. All right. Cut it all out. Splice it down. Use yeah. what we need. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And efficiency. Yeah. You know, you were talking about doing things, just being efficient. Um, yeah. I, that's going to be one of the first tires that I get is someone to just, I hate posting. I hate doing all that. Like, it's just, I don't like tedious stuff like that. Same so, dude. Same. If you can dude. Yeah. Get, get a person. Yeah, um, I'm so far from like being a boomer, but I guess my most boomer thing has been TikTok, man. I'm just like, I don't understand it. I can't like get on it. Like, I don't, but like now that like to hear you say that, um, I was the same way. Dude. Seems like a necessity. I, yeah. I didn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. And now it's, you know, I don't have a huge audience, but it's figuring out how to do your content, what people like that follow you, um, you know, and, and tailor it to that and, and hammer what works. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still figuring out what works for me. You know, I'll, post a bunch of different things. Uh, some podcast clips get a thousand, 2000 views. Um, maybe a few likes, but it's like, okay, it's, it's moving, you know? So yeah. people, people like watching a good conversation too. So, um, yeah. Whenever you start daily and friends hit that too, you got a sweet shirt. You got a, a few new things, limited edition, man, you do drops. We have another guy, our buddy case wagon. He does all custom clothing. And he'll work with like a lot of rappers and stuff and he'll do drops and, and those will sell like hotcakes. So um, I even saw a clip recently on Shark Tank. This woman only did drops with her clothes and was making out like a bandit because everyone wants something that no one else can get. Exclusivity Scarcity. sells. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah. So, um, but uh, man, I wanted to go back real quick. You talked about when you first started Danley and Friends, you wanted to have conversations with people that you had just differing points of view, which I think is forever going to be, uh, should be relevant. We should always be able to talk with unlike and like-minded people. But what, especially today, it's such a, a terrible climate to try to have a conversation with someone without, you know, hearing this headline, that headline, um, you know, you're this phobic, whatever you hate America. What's, you know, something that you think we all could do to improve that scenario? Is there anything that you've given thought to that if we implemented something, maybe it's a mindset thing, maybe it's getting rid of social media. What do you think one or a couple of the biggest things that we could do as a society to get back on track with just having differing opinions and being okay with it rather than hating, oh, you hate this, I hate you. Now it's it's this two-party system, which has ruined all things. Uh, what kind of thoughts have you given to our current climate and what could we, if Ryan Danley could fix it, what would we do? <laughs> <laughs> man uh all right that's a great question it gives me a high degree of flexibility um i think from a mindset standpoint to address that uh if everyone started from a place of genuine curiosity i think it would diminish a lot of tension 
Um, so even if someone thinks completely opposite of you and you think they're a psychopath, if you start from, instead of being like, oh, they're a fucking psycho and write them off and like, I hate them and, you know, screw them. What if you're like, how the fuck can someone think that way? And you start that, you can still, you can still be mind blown sure. by how they're there. But it's like, how in the heck can you come to these conclusions? And if you realize that as strongly as you feel about your position, someone else on the opposite side that thinks completely opposite of you feels as convicted for reasons for which they feel are evidence as well. You know, they have their facts that they're working off of. So I'm like, yo, what facts do you have? You know, mm, what are you working yeah. off of? Because maybe my facts aren't the best. I'm just assuming that, you know, maybe yeah. my assumptions are poor. And so um, you can look at it, you know, as a way of improving yourself. Yeah. So I, I think the only danger in that is I either come out solidified in my position because I've learned more. And in the face of that, I felt stronger or in the face of new information, I have the ability to change and thus I become better. Um, so there's that no scares people. It's scary to people. have your mind changed. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, oh yeah. Keep going. No, you got it. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to add on to that. Like, I feel like people, I mean, they like they'll be, they'll be influenced by you if they perceive that you're being influenced by them. And what you said about like coming from a point of learning if they perceive that, like, even though you may not agree with them on something, if they perceive that you're open to learning and you're opening to listening and and pay attention and they perceive that what you think they're saying is important, I think it'll just be a better, better, like, overall conversation, even though, like, you may end up, like, agreeing to disagreeing. So, yeah. yeah. And you can. I, I like that mindset that you take, mm -hmm. though. Like, yeah. learn. Constantly Thank learn. You. And I think people want to be heard and understood. And if you walk away still in your own positions... And you each were heard and understood. Oh, yeah, I like that person. We don't agree on everything, but you can still like people and not agree on shit. It's yeah. like, you know, you say you lost friends. It's like, man, everyone's going to think differently. It'd be lame as hell if we all thought the same. It would suck, dude. It would be like, so boring. There's no like, excitement in that. Yeah. yeah. Let's get a little fiery today. Yeah. You know, like I have friends who are like so different. Like my one buddy, TJ, he's my homie. I get like, we can talk about anything. Um, he's super libertarian. He doesn't believe the FDA should exist. Um, he actually moved to Mexico <laughs> because he's like, yo, they have less regulation. I hate the way the U S is going. He's like, I think it's going to be a Marxist revolution. I'm out of here. And he pieces out and he lives, moved his family to Mexico. His wife just had a baby. Um, nice. and that's him. And, uh, I have another friend who, uh, he believes a lot of things. He believes, um, healthcare should be free for all. And I understand it from like a compassion standpoint. Um, but uh, sometimes gets a little more wrapped up in the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think they're the opposites. I think sometimes people see conservatives as like completely heartless and liberals as like bleeding heart. You know, that's the word that saying came from. Sure, sure. But it's like there, there's some truth in the middle. We both got facts that are good. Um, and that's why I guess you can call this a liberal take if you want. But I guess I'm I identify as apolitical. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, I'm over it. I don't want to be, I'm not anything. Let's talk about the issue and how I feel about it may fluctuate because mm -hmm. who fucking knows, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I have feelings about things. Like, I don't know for me, I guess like my most conservative take is I 
believe in constitutional carry. Like if you can have a gun, so should I, you know, I, I should be able yeah. to protect myself. Like right. life is dangerous. Like if you really think about what all this is without society, we're just out here in nature. I should be able to have guns. Um, so that people feel certain ways about that with like kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of it, like, I don't know if you want to marry whoever you want to marry. Like, honestly, people are like, oh, we're going to be married animals. I'm like, fuck it, dude. If someone wants to marry a child, <laughs> like, let them. What does that have to do with me? Like, you know yeah. What I mean? like, yeah, as long as it doesn't hurt other people, or, you know, <laughs> people are safe. Like, whatever, dude. You like what you like. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I, guess, I mean, whatever. There's um, yeah. a comedian, Michael Shea, that talks about it. He's like, you know, he's making love to the cow and I'm eating it. I don't know which one's doing the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so funny man i had a uh barber years ago um that i think he shared something on his instagram and you know these dudes were tatted neck down but pro live how you want leave other people alone you know and he posted something that said i just want my gay friends to protect their weed plants with their assault rifles and i was like huh I know not everyone is going to agree with every component of that, but like the sentiment of it, like the value of what you're saying behind it. Can people really argue that? You know, you know, right. Hey, cover all the bases. Let people live the the life that they want to live. We've done harm you live and let live. All right. You know, Mm -hmm. um, thanks man. Uh, any, any other thoughts, anything else that you think, um, is fixable that, that should be implemented in the world of Danley? Hmm. So I think, um, to tie back to your notion of, um, you know, like milestones and things like that. And the conversation that we were having earlier, Tim, you're talking about, you know, setting your day up and, um, everything like that. So I think if everyone came up with their own system for improving the world and focused on that, no matter what scale it is, you know, some people are going to be able to change countries, you know, um, influence world politics. Some people can influence their family and that is all they have the capability and the mental capacity to do. However, when you add all that up, it creates a better world. And so no matter like to me, if you spend the energy that you take like hating and fighting against people and you put it into your cause, whatever it is, the world has to get better and Mm -hmm. things get eliminated. So you can be the most racist person in the world. Instead of being like, oh, blue people are the best people in the world. I'm going to go kill everyone else. Fucking show me blue people are the best. Go hard. Build the Mm -hmm. best businesses. Build the best communities. You know, Put most of your people, you know, like support most of your people. Show me how many people you can support. The world gets better. It doesn't even matter. It's phenomenal insight. Yeah. Yeah. How would you improve the world? Go do it. Yeah. yeah. Everything will get a little bit better. Yeah. Decide what is up to you and decide what is not up to you. Wow. Continuously. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's so good. good, man. Uh, so, um, Danley 2024 or 28th? What are we talking here? You know, <laughs> man, I don't want these problems. I, <laughs> yeah, there's, I'm blaming. you know, you wake up half the, you know, 330 million people in the country. You wake up 150 million or 180 million of them hate, hate you or what have yeah. you. You know, 
they don't get paid. You want to die enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. Half a million a year ain't worth the problems, yeah, bro. Not even worth it. <laughs> nah, you can't like you know you can't make any mistakes. Anytime you're in public, people taking pictures of you. You gotta you know you can't get too mad at someone that you know freaks out on you. People can say outlandish things to you. You have to kind of oh, yeah, keep it moving. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Not your boy. And, I could be a governor, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. All right. Yeah. Man, we we could use one of those. You want to jump borders real quick? <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knows? Um, but yeah, I'd like to get into other things. So, uh, you talked about DJing earlier. Still doing doing that. I I came across your your song Wave. Oh, now, yeah. did yeah? I don't know how old that is or not. Like, I just perused your link tree, honestly, and um, I didn't know you had a song out. Did you? Uh, help sing that too yeah man so dude i uh, thought you did i was like yeah, okay that's me on the track man um it's just something i've always done uh i just like music and um a thing i think that's been a weakness early in life that's kind of paid off later is i've never taken myself seriously um and so i guess like i didn't think that a rapper was like a real career i was like i don't do this i need to get a job like i need to go like be a person, but I just enjoyed doing it because I liked music and I liked rhyming and I had a uh, affinity for it. Um, but I don't know. I just like kept it going and I've always DJed. I've always produced music and I've always just kind of like made songs in the background, but never thought of myself as like an artist. You know, I never, it's just a hobby of mine. That's cool yeah you got any more like are you making any other music right now i know you're really focused on ohio drip um anything you're working on like are you still djing events stuff like that yeah so i started back djing actually um interestingly a guy uh my buddy josh whitaker you know josh right yeah i know whitaker yeah yeah, yeah. yeah dude yeah, yeah. funny side story one year he him and my brother driving back to butler together it's like they're maybe freshman sophomore year and his dad drops him off at, at my parents' place and they're going to roll together. And he just starts playing the piano in our house. Like out of nowhere. First time <laughs> meeting this cat, just starts playing the piano. And then, uh, you know, time goes on. I'm going through high school. I go visit Ryan. And then it's like, bitches love bagels, you know? It's like, oh, he, he played my family's piano. <laughs> just out of nowhere. First meet. I'm going to rip these keys real quick while you guys are packing up the car. You know, nice to meet yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I love Josh Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. Good to oh, yeah. Um, no, nah, you're good. Uh, that's my boy, man. And I mean, he does bring that energy to like everything. He's just mm -hmm. himself. And that's what I love about him. Um, me and him made songs throughout college and stuff and um, have made some as recently as like last year. I think we made a song together and uh, we just kind of do it for fun. Um, he's actually like he wrote a song with Currency, like the rapper and like actually really? has tracks out in the world. Yeah, that's um, cool. So I that's like real cool. Yeah, same. <laughs> he flows. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just I'm a human resources guy that makes clothes and you know djs but uh i dj'd his wedding so oh, nice in october he asked me if sweet. i would sweet and uh i was nervous about it bro it was like six months before it and i was like ah maybe i just pay for a dj for him dude like maybe i just like <laughs> <laughs> maybe i just schedule nah. someone else because i was nervous but uh at the end of it he told me he wasn't sure what he expected but that was exactly what he wanted I thought that was the coolest compliment. That's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I awesome. love that. Like yeah. one of your homies' biggest days of his life. Like that's that's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, man. But uh, it was fun to get back in the saddle. Um, you know, I've done weddings. I've done like I like DJing friends' parties because 
you don't have people like requesting stuff too much. It's just kind of fucking around. Like mm-hmm. you can mess up so you can try crazy things, but you know, sure. you don't mess up too bad, but you can be absurd. So yeah, I like doing stuff like that. So cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Joshua Whitaker, dude. Shout yeah. out. Shout, Shout out. out to the big guy, man. That's awesome. Um, Man, you, you talked about, uh, you say you're just a, an HR guy, but you know, you said you, you do a lot with that and you never talk about it. Anything with your day job that uh, you want to bring to light, you think is prevalent that you really want to highlight on the show? Uh, sure, man. Um, right now, my job is pretty interesting. I do uh, strategy and planning for the corporate compliance and ethics department for American Honda. And so uh, what that entails is everything from budget and business plan for our department to our communication calendar and uh, organizing campaigns, um, designing training, uh, working with training vendors, um, all kinds of stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And um, it's for all, I mean, all of North America, so Canada, Mexico, so I have to know all their like laws and regulations. I'm working with people that speak different languages. I have to get things translated um, into those languages. So French, Canadian, uh, Latin American, Spanish, and also Japanese, because we have a, a large Japanese population. Mm. Um, and so I get to work with all the executives from these plants um, to fulfill their, you know, not only make sure people are following policy and you know, we're getting training completed and things like that, but um, also that people are, acting with integrity so you get to influence the culture um and i'm talking to big guys and it's cool and no one knows that i do that because i don't like find much significance in it because i don't consider myself my job it's just something i do to make money so that i can invest in the stock market and real estate and get the fuck out of there yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah But uh, I do that, man. I, you know, I did compensation for an entire manufacturing plant by myself. Um, and this was before Microsoft Teams. This was um, before that era. My my uh, person that knew the job before me it moved to Ohio and we only had cell phones and she was always in meetings and stuff. And so um, I had to run compensation for a plant of like 4,000 people uh, making decisions on, you know, who gets paid what, doing equity adjustments, stuff like that. Um, obviously with the help of like management, but... Yeah, I was doing that in my 20s, bro. Yeah. And uh, it's just been cool. Like, I got to do talent development. That's what brought me to Ohio. So I was traveling to our different plants and teaching classes to people. Um, I taught our uh, our early career uh, leadership development program. So we have three tiers. It's like early career, mid-career, and like, you know, executives. Mm-hmm. I facilitated the early career one. So I was... That's cool. You know, and I did that for like one of the biggest companies. And I just think that's cool, man. And I don't get to yeah. talk about it. So, yeah. And that's a big pay it forward thing too. You know, like training other people who were coming up, right? Like, um, and Tim and I have talked to a couple uh, other HR people on the show. And, you know, I will admit, I had no idea HR was past hiring and exit interviews. You know what I mean? And then we talked to, um, our guy, Tim Roberts, who is now working at Butler. He was HR for Anthem. You oversee acquisitions and mergers. And it's, you know, then we talked to my friend Bridget, who she's also a client. She's at Roche. Like, and HR is is a wild environment, dude. So yeah. like, there's a lot that goes into it. And if people don't know, like it is super fascinating. I, at least I think so. 
where it's, man, you guys are in, in the thick of almost every part of that business. Like, you know, exactly how it all runs. You have to, it's people operations. And, um, you're also dealing with the psychology, um, of folks, you know, um, which is difficult because my department also acts as our internal affairs. And so all the cases that aren't normal HR cases, um, you know, whether it's something with an executive or whether it's like, uh, you know, sexual harassment or something that's a little more complex, that all comes through my office. And mm -hmm. so um, it's a very interesting world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'd yeah. be surprised what people do at work, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> These days, there's not a lot of surprises anymore. It's like, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> people are wilding out right now. <laughs> if, if they're there for 40 hours a week, they're bound to do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you guys fix the world, man? Like how, you know, based on, um, oh, like what man. you're seeing and look stuff. at the time Ryan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want me to go we first don't have to get into it i made you go first last yeah time. no i got an answer you go first yeah yeah um there's there's so many ways i could I'll, I'll hit a few things quick one i i think we need um term limits for politicians top to bottom uh we have a handful of roles within you know, your municipal government, your your big government, that there are term limits, but I think everyone needs them. But I don't know if it'll ever happen because you need a constitutional amendment to do so. But I think having term limits would fix a lot of things. Um, I also, I, I love how you talked about people just need to be curious. Why do you think that way? Instead of, I hate that you think that way, so I hate you. Like, no, man, look, everyone's trying to figure it out. Life isn't easy. You know, it's, it's a rough go. So, um that I think, I think technology is a blessing and a, a big curse too, where it's allowed people to be super vicious, where in person, they'd probably have a kind conversation. And it's, I think at the end of the day, there's a big component of people are not working on themselves. Everyone thinks they're perfect, right? Politics is like war. No one thinks they're wrong. It's like, so I think we need a little more ownership, but I think people also need to look at themselves and, and think, what can I do for myself that would make me a little bit better? Like, why am I not open to hearing this person out? I don't have to agree with their opinion or have the same, but why can I not even listen to this thought? And, and you know, um, I, I think it's a big component of people don't know what they want, who they want to be, who they are like, you know, and there's, you know, umpteen different traumas everyone goes through in their lives. But I think people are not looking at themselves as an issue either. And it's, it's everyone else's fault. And I think if people looked at themselves and got a little more humbled on their own, um, that would also fix a lot of things and would allow for more open conversation. But I think people need to look inside a little more. Um, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but, uh, you know, I have invested a lot of time and money into getting help from outside eyes to help me with, with my shit too. So I, I think if more people did that, that opened a lot of different doors and we'd have a lot of different conversations. Yeah, but I also think like us all one. doing also doing this is we need to show people that we can talk about different things. And it's not like if someone brings up a political thing at a party, don't like, oh, hush, hush, hush. I, I get it. You don't want to kill the party vibe. But if you have a conversation on the side because someone just wants to talk about it, don't dismiss it as like this huge like no, no. It's part of life, man. Like talk about things yeah. that are going on. So yeah, a few quick thoughts, but yeah. I love that. 
Tim, how um, would you change the world? Yeah, I'll do like the one mindset thing and then the one practical thing. I think mindset, um, you and you hinted at this a little bit, like it really all comes down to commonality. Like we're all living in one big organism and what's bad for the organism is bad for everybody. What's good for the organism is good for everybody. So I, I think that like with, with everything, there's onion, there's like peels of the onion to everybody's like point of view and why they do a certain thing. Like you said, understanding why people do a certain thing. And then I think that'll get you to the root after you peel all the layers that we're really all trying to accomplish the same thing here. So I just think it's hard to to enforce that in the moment when you're talking to people, but I think that will help the conversations better. Um, And then I wish there was like a universal law where like everybody has to take 10 minutes out of their day and write and journal for five minutes at the beginning of their day and five minutes at the end of the day. Because I think the biggest thing is like people don't feel understood. I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, Anne Frank said that paper is more patient than people. Cause like when you write down, like the paper is always going to listen to you. The paper is, the paper is never going to interrupt what you're saying or, or let you, it's always going to let you finish your thought. So, um, and I think people like assume that like they got to write about a certain thing. So I just think overcoming that just you, you can write about anything like what like if you were to have a conversation with anybody like what would you tell them so five minutes at the beginning of the day and then at the end of the day put your day up for review and ask like did you follow through on what you did at the beginning so big time yeah damn yeah that's big time dude drop yeah. that mic Tim. i <laughs> know uh, paper is more patient than people Ooh, and frank on that shit <laughs> you know killing it from the <laughs> attic and uh <laughs> yeah she's i mean she's yeah she's been through yeah you've been through hell yeah. so speak of legacy man i mean that's crazy you know people think they can't yeah. make an impact but this little girl you know writing her thoughts like that yeah mm-hmm. mind-blowing mm-hmm. Um, i mean i guess you know as you're saying that i was thinking uh i think people also wonder about judgment like they feel shame and they don't want to feel judged because exile is one of the worst things that can happen to a person that's why like cancel culture like people you know, canceling mm-hmm. people is it's so yeah. detrimental or what have you. I don't know. But um paper also doesn't judge, man. So say you have an outlandish thought, sort it out, write it out, come back to it. Yeah. And if you still think it's outlandish, cool. If not, then I don't know, maybe you're solidified in it. But it yeah, you that freedom to explore, I guess. That's yeah. good. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy. Like you can I like going back to something I wrote three months ago, and that's the beauty of it. You can always revisit something and you've lived three months of life and you look at the world a different way and you can always go back and like nurture a previous idea that you had. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy what, what you're really capable of when you, when you put the pen to paper, but most people like it's tough to just like find time to do that because we have all the day-to-day things, the fires we got to put out. Um, but I, I wish everybody could feel what, what it's like to be able to do that for a certain amount of time and how much clearer your head actually gets. So, cause it's not going to happen overnight either. Like you'll write for a couple days and you're like, oh, this is boring. This is stupid. But like, just stick with it for a little bit longer. I think it, it, it'll help a lot more people than what people think. So, yeah. And so what I really love about that is uh, the time frame that you put on it is so practical. Um, like five minutes at the beginning and end. I always got five minutes. You know, if you, if you need five mm-hmm. minutes from me, we can have a phone call. Like I can always make five minutes. And uh, I think, once people realize that it makes it easier and mm-hmm. that's kind of the philosophy like bringing it full circle too is when it comes to like you know donating or like giving to others like you may think you lack but there's a number that you know if something's 
I don't know, five bucks, you got it all day. Some's 10 bucks, you got it all day. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are these numbers. You have your personal limit where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I can come off of that any day. So just give it up. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a quilter, Victoria Finley Wolf. She talks about 15 minutes of play um, in terms of like uh, you know, releasing your creativity and kind of getting in your zone, honing your skills. It's like, if you just do it for 15 minutes, maybe you do it for 15 and you're done. But maybe that leads to an hour and you kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. really, really get to play. So yeah. I like that increment, man. 10 minutes, you know, you, 10, 10, 15 minutes a day. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And you, and you hit it. Like some days you may feel like that hour is what you needed. Some days, two minutes is, is just enough. So that's the beauty of it. Our, oh, yeah. our minds are all wired differently. So. <clears throat> Damn. Um, Tim, I, I think I might have one more question before we, uh, go to our last do you have any other questions for ryan that you want to hit on no i think i'm good with, yeah. with my notes i think we've covered a lot of great things today yeah so yeah i'm i'm, I'm good on my ryan yeah so we always ask people you know you you have a question you ask at the end we got a question i have one more but i want to make sure uh that if there's any other thoughts that you want to share too uh for the people listening anything you want to get out put it on the mic i uh, want to make sure we hit hit all points you want to as well Good question. Um, it may seem out of left field, but we love these. <laughs> my dominating thought right now is to convince as many people that I can to take as much vitamin C as their body will tolerate. Mm. Um, high doses of vitamin C gets electrons into the body, builds collagen. It's great for recovery. Um, There's some schools of thought that metabolic disease, um, a lot of metabolic diseases can be uh, reversed or remedied or at least managed with high doses of vitamin C. Um, And there is a school of thought that cancer and things create a localized uh, form of scurvy, essentially. Um, Also with like heart disease. So um, the mouth is important. So I guess that's maybe my other one. Dental health is important floss. Um, but infections of the mouth and the tonsils, um, usually leak, uh, bacteria and, you know, pus and things like that, um, down into the heart. And they find that in like hardened arteries and stuff like that, there's often bacteria from the mouth. So, um, and those, those bacteria feed on ascorbic acid, um, which is vitamin C and it creates again, a localized you know, lack of vitamin C or localized scurvy essentially in the heart. Um, these are theories that are floating around. Uh, vitamin C has never harmed anyone. Um, there's a lot of research on it. So um, I think that's a big one for me. It's a, you know, we talk about antibiotic resistance. Um, vitamin C gets rid of a, a lot of things that antibiotics help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, yeah. Tim, what was- Diet coach. What are, what are some quick <laughs> foods that rich vitamin C foods? I mean, you love citruses. that. Love that. Your, your citruses, uh, oranges, easy. I, yeah, oranges yeah. every morning. Baby. Um, now I, I don't recommend orange juice unless yeah. you're going to freshly squeeze it yourself because there's just so much other sugar added. Like orange juice itself is going to be sweet. So juice it yourself. I, I wouldn't recommend buying it from the store. Um, I mean, look, a little bit here and there isn't going to kill you, 
But I remember as a kid, dude, I was always drinking orange juice. It's, it's delicious. But, dude, sugar is the killer of all things. Um, yep. I think this says like sugar kills more people than like cocaine and other hard drugs. Um, yeah. But so I it's love on the vitamins. same part of the brain, too, man. Yeah, I love uh, where you went with this. Tim, what was your streak? You were doing a vitamin C packet every day. Yeah. <laughs> he did one of the, the, you know, like the you put it in water, like a thousand milligrams. So what was your streak? I don't even remember, but I did it for so long. Why'd you stop? You never got cause, sick. Cause I, you were never cause, sick. Because I found like more net, like, because I just, food, foods, I like, I, I gravitate just. Uh, you got a nutrition coat. Even though vitamin C, the pack isn't bad. But I yeah. saw that it did have add, added sugar in it. Oh, That's kind of why I stopped. Oh, okay. But That's fair. That's fair. You want to get to as natural as possible. Yeah. Things that are to like, you know that, like it's close to its original form. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, your citruses are going to be the best go-to. Now, I do supplement with vitamin C. I get it from Thorne, mm-hmm. uh, T-H-O-R-N-E, very reputable supplement company. Um, I've, I've been not, uh, it's been very recent, but I've seen a lot of things about iodine. And how iodine deficiency is also a major unspoken problem that people don't know they have. But with that, you also need to check uh, selenium levels. Again, I don't know a lot with this yet, but recently I've, I've seen more about it. And someone asked me about iodine. I'm like, I don't know a lot about it. So um, that's my current supplement journey I'm going to go down uh, is that. But yeah, I think vitamin C, vitamin D as well, uh, super beneficial magnesium. Most people are shy on magnesium, but uh, yeah, if you're going to supplement with vitamin C, just get a good source. Yeah. Thorn is really good. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I like where that, where that went. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. That. Yeah. That's yeah. Good, good point to touch on. I've, yeah, I've heard that with, uh, with cancer and stuff too. And I've seen, uh, it looks like an older video, a couple of them where doctors are talking about putting hydrogen peroxide in the saline drip bag for cancer patients. Yeah. This one doc, he had like 3% hydrogen peroxide and saline. And there was another doctor that I saw. He was in an, in an interview. Yeah. This video looks at least 10, 20 years old. And he's like hundreds of cases and they go through like real problematic cancers, like pancreatic cancer. He goes cured hydrogen peroxide. Now I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying to go do that. So this is no medical advice, but now I have some different wormholes. I'm very curious about going into so iodine um, and and hydrogen peroxide. But yeah, vitamin C is huge, huge. Heck yeah! Um, there's a really uh, old school looking website called DoctorYourself.com mm-hmm. that I check out pretty regularly, and uh, they have a lot of research on like vitamin C and um, you know lectures and stuff on there. And um, I've spent so much time on that, and yeah, yeah I'm convinced, man. I think. Um, the diet, you know, like you said, getting as close to natural form as you can. Um, a dude uh, that I listened to, Thomas Levy, said uh, you can't dry off in the shower. So you, know, you can't improve your metabolic health if you're still continuing the uh, habits and patterns that are contributing to it, like mm-hmm. eating sugar, like you guys are talking about, and yeah. you know, inhaling you know, toxins um, or what have you. Um, I know I use the word toxins and some people feel a certain way about it because they're like, oh, you're just saying toxins, but like, it's just a general use word I'm using for things that contribute to oxidative stress in the body. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. I love that point. I love that. <laughs> um, anything else, Ryan, that you want to share with, with the audience? Cause that was a hell of a knowledge yeah. bomb. You got Thanks, any more man. of those? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hmm. 
I mean, from that, I mean, in, in the same spirit of, of that, I've been looking at magnesium L3 and 8. It crosses the blood brain barrier um, a little bit better. And with me having a spinal cord injury, I'm hoping to get some more magnesium into my mm -hmm. uh, cerebral spinal fluid. Um, methylene blue, I've been uh, taking some of that. I just started that a week ago. So I'll, I'll report on that and let you know how it goes. Um, but in, in a different spirit, I would say um, follow your North Star, I think is just the what I want to walk away with. And I think, you know, people look at general things like exercise and they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to weight lift. I'm like, okay, just move. What if you take a dance class? What if you take yoga? What if you take swimming? What if you like, just move your body? That's all that matters is keeping your joints healthy and, you know, keeping movement in your body, blood flowing. So follow your North Star. You know, what are you interested in from a topic standpoint, from a charity standpoint? You know, maybe you want to save fucking, I don't know, Brazilian crawfish. I don't even know if that's a thing, but like somebody's got to do it. Sounds if that's what you want to do, you know what I mean? Go for yeah. it, man. But uh, I think follow your North Star. Um, I know it's not as much of a, a knowledge bomb, but. Um, no, it's huge. Yeah, I think that's the. Yeah, key. I think people get sidetracked from it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, do what you really want to do. That's, that's the only thing that's going to keep you going when it gets hard, because none of it's easy. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to wake up and be like, what the fuck? Why am I doing this? Why did this happen to me? Why? Why should I keep going? But if you really, truly love that thing, it, it'll, you'll carry yourself through those times. And so, yeah. hundred percent. Love it. hundred percent. All right, man. We always ask everyone uh, before we take off is how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as someone who made the lives of those around him doper much better you know much more improved no matter you know what their north star is if they you know if my niece wants to take dance lessons i'll get her some shoes you know some like i don't know whatever it is whether it's emotional support um financial support just being there um i just want to make everyone's life around me better i want, I want people to say that at my funeral damn when he's around stuff was better mm -hmm. hell yeah love it that's awesome all right, brother. Thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you. Uh, your sharing, your storytelling. Uh, people are going to get a ton of value off this episode, 1,000%. So uh, we really appreciate it, man. Hey, likewise. It's an honor. Um, much appreciate you guys having me on. I'd love to uh, mastermind with you guys, uh, yeah. You know, whether it's on a – it doesn't have to be a cadence, but you know, maybe it could be a quarterly basis or something just to chat what you guys are doing, um, spitball ideas, and – just get some different perspectives on what I'm doing. Cause um, yeah. I've picked mm -hmm. a lot of gems from you guys as well. So yeah. Cool. Likewise. Yeah, would love to. Yeah. We should uh, definitely work on getting a schedule going. Yeah. hundred nice. percent. Love what cool. you're about. Yeah. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.